I'm Ed Gross, and this is CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast celebrating the golden age of television and movies, then and now. It's not easy finding somebody who represents both the then and now part of this podcast, but actor-turned-director Ken Olin is definitely one of them. He first came to our attention in the 80s ensemble drama 30-something, for which he played Michael Stedman, who was married to Hope, played by Mel Harris. His real-life wife, Patricia Wedding, was also on the show as Nancy Weston, who was married to Timothy Busfield's Elliot. Hope you're keeping track of all of this for our pop quiz that'll show up later on. 30-something followed the married couples and their friends in their personal and professional lives, capturing the highs and lows of both. It also allowed Ken the opportunity to start directing, a skill he enhanced as a producer-director on J.J. Abrams' spy series, Alias, starring Jennifer Garner. Flash forward to today, and Ken is one of the creative, guiding forces on NBC's powerhouse, This Is Us, all of which we just happen to have discussed in the following conversation. Hello? Hi, is this Ken? Yes. Hi, Ken. It's Ed Gross calling. Hi, Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, I guess, I guess now we're going to cover a bit of the gamut here, but because we are dealing with some classic TV, and I definitely consider 30-something to be classic TV. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess, I don't know if you do, but I do. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, if, I guess if anything's classic, you would, that would be one of them. Absolutely. Was that show, I mean, because of when it was, I, I think it began airing in 87, was it considered a sort of a revolutionary show in the sense of it, seemed to deal with material and characters in a way that a lot of shows weren't at the time. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess in retrospect, and I mean by retrospect, like within, you know, a few years, certainly now, uh, I, I mean, when we were, when we were doing it, it was met with, um, uh, the reaction to it, um, the immediate reaction to it, I think, it would clearly distinguish it as somewhat revolutionary because it wasn't, it wasn't met with the same um, kind of critical or audience response as, you know, any other show up to that point, you know, the way I think something like Hill street blues was considered revolutionary at the time or um, where it just was so different. It broke a mold and certainly TV uh, for the most part, at least up and through that period, you know, everything was part of a mold. You know, there was either this kind of show or this kind of show or this kind of show. And they were, you know, it was just programmers. And then you had a show like Hill Street Blues. And you went, wait a minute, this is this is tackling, you know, issues in a way that is really stylistically different. Um, and I think 30-something was like that. I, I don't think there was a show on television, uh, certainly, you know, in the, in the hour format, uh, that didn't have some kind of a franchise attached to it, meaning a medical show, a police show. Um, you know, everything it had, um, there was some kind of an engine behind it that was based on the professions of the lead characters. I mean, I think half hours dealt with domestic situations, but it, that was certainly different. And I think also the way in which um, we investigated um personal issues with it with a with a with i mean i think a lot of people felt it was um not very narcissistic but you know the kind of um self-analysis um that informed the show was unique um you know marshall herskovitz was very involved in psychotherapy and so there that, that show had a strong 
analytical component to it. It was very much as, as much certainly as it could be, you know, in the late eighties, uh, sexuality was a big, uh, thematic part of the show, um, and sexual relationships. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, 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 it was revolutionary in, in that way, and I, and, it, and it was polarizing that way too. I mean, I think as many people that loved it, embraced it, and felt it was, you know, uh, felt that it was a really um, complex and important um, depiction of the way people of that socioeconomic bracket were living. You know, other people felt it was really narcissistic and. Um, it felt that it was, you know, just, um, I, I don't, I, I think the reaction was, um, push this away. Like these people don't speak for me. They don't represent me and they're holding themselves up as if they do, you know, that kind of thing. So the love it or hate it situation. It sounds like <laughs> what it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. They really yeah, embraced that's the what, show. I mean, that's yeah. certainly how it felt. It was very, very, um, I mean, certainly within, I, I'm surprised even that it, it, how many people that I meet now that are, you know, now older or whatever, but how, how many people watched it in their twenties? I, I think not, it, it was certainly as an audience, like I, I meet a lot of people that watched it in college that they, that it was, I guess there was something aspirational about it. Um, or, or like maybe just a fantasy of what, you know, life was going to be like, you know, 10 years after they graduated from college, and then I think a lot of writers, you know, I think a lot of writers, young writers were really influenced by it because um, I think it, it it represented a possibility in television writing that hadn't been there before. I, I remember, you know, J.J. talking about that. You know, J.J. Abrams watching it when he was a young writer going, wow, you could write like this in television. You know, it doesn't have to be Bonanza or, or, or Maverick or, you know you know, um, Adam 12 or whatever it can be. You could write about people. Uh, you can include humor in, in, in shows that have a lot of pathos. I mean, things like that were, were, uh, were really unique about it. And were those the things that originally drew you in? I mean, obviously you, you're probably getting a lot of scripts. You're looking at like, Oh, what am I going to pick for my next project? Hey, it's going to be 30 something. Well, I was, you know, I was, I mean, that's, that, that, that'd be nice. It, 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 I mean, at that point in my career, you know, I had had, you know, very little success. I mean, I'd been on Hill Street and I, I, I you know, but I was not, I wasn't in a position to choose projects that way I, at the time because, you know, it was pilot season. And then I, that was a pilot script that a lot of people were talking about that were my age going, oh, this is, you know, and that happens every year that there's, a few, a few scripts that people go, Oh, this is the good one. This is really good. Yeah. And, and that was true. I mean, I was, you know, really into the script when I read it and I really wanted to get it. Um, but I wasn't, I certainly wasn't, it wasn't just offered to me. It wasn't sent to me in that way. You know, it was okay. You want to audition for this? And it was like, yeah, I mean, it, it was a really, I mean, it was, it, the script was, was really good. And, Certainly, then I wasn't reading things and like, oh wow, this is this is really close to home for me. This is this really speaks to me, and and so I I, I really wanted to get it. Right. Uh, 
<laughs> you weren't sitting there with a plethora of scripts all around you and saying, no, what I shall I choose? Wasn't. I wasn't being sent a lot of stuff. And, you know, it was more like, you know, oh, I really want to get this. Oh, my God. You know, uh, I, I didn't anticipate, nor, nor did any of us, that it was like, oh, this is going to be this career-defining moment. But it, it certainly was It certainly was distinguished uh, itself as a script. And it, a lot of young actors wanted to get it. Right. You know, you say a career, a career. I think you said career defining. Uh, or I thought that's what you said. But what—that's what I'm curious about—is what impact did working on a show like Thirty Something, or not like Thirty Something, have on you both personally and professionally? What was sort of the impact overall? Oh, well, that, it complete. I mean, it—you know—completely changed my life and my wife's life. I mean, even though we, it was just so weird. You know, we were cast in the show. We we knew. Uh, Marshall Herskovitz, because our kids went to preschool together. So we knew them. And Patty, you know, it was just a feeling like, well, Patty would be sort of right for this part. And, you know, I was known a little bit. I was known by the network. And I was one of the people that I think ABC at the time had their eye on to put in a show. And But, you know, Patty, we just, we went and both auditioned and got these different parts. And, you know, it, I mean, it was different then than it is now. The the, the level of celebrity, I mean, celebrity now is so intense and so, you know, it just permeates every part of your life. It wasn't quite that way. You know, we, we, there were, we weren't besieged by paparazzi, you know, it wasn't anything like that, but, but still, you know, to go from being unknown to uh, being on the cover of magazines or, you know, celebrated a certain way or representing a certain, you know, generation. I mean, all those things were really life-changing. I mean, career, it was career-changing. I, I was offered, you know, all of a sudden I was offered a lot of different work. Uh, there were demands. Patty was winning Emmys and, you know, it, 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 it completely changed our lives that way. You know, you go from being, uh, unknown and struggling to be recognized to being offered a lot of different things, being pulled in a lot of different directions. Um, you know, and, and it's a mixed bag. I mean, it was for me, I, I, I was very, uh, I was uncomfortable, um, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, with celebrity and I didn't handle some of that attention with a lot, you know, a lot of equanimity. It was complicated. You know, I made it very complicated. Uh, Patty handled it really well. It was, you know, she comes from being a head majorette in high school in a small town, so she's comfortable waving and saying, "You know, I just didn't feel so gracious." And um, but also, I think for me, I, I was never as I never felt as at home acting as I did directing. So I was very lucky that uh, I started directing the second season, and Ed Swick and Marshall gave me that opportunity, and then. You know, really, Ed, Ed Swick particularly really mentored me um, as a director. And, and that's where I felt, you know, that's when I started to feel most, most at home and most confident. And, you know, so that, that was that having that opportunity, not only being offered, you know, different opportunities as an actor, but getting the opportunity to direct and getting the opportunity to direct in, in a, in, in a, a situation where you're supported, uh, begin directing good material with really good actors 
with really good crews that are, are supportive of you so that it, it becomes a little bit more of a laboratory rather than this, you know, immediate, um, you know, there's an immediate test to pass or fail test when you start directing. It wasn't for me. It was like, okay, all right, that didn't work so well. And then being able to sit and discuss with people why it didn't work. And then continuing, you know, for the next, I, for three years, I would direct a couple episodes every season. And, you know, that you begin to find your voice that way. It's just, it was like, a, it was a laboratory. And that, that was how it's the best thing for me about it. But did you come into it knowing that directing was something you wanted to do or did that sort of develop as things went on? Yeah, I, I knew it. I directed one play in college and it had been the most fulfilling and exhausting thing I did ever. And I, I loved it, but I didn't have any craft and it scared me a little bit. And uh, so I knew I knew it was... I, I didn't know, you know, when, when we started the show, Peter Horton knew he had directed a little bit and he knew that's the direction he wanted to take. And it was one of the reasons why he took the show. He was already beginning a career as a director and he took the show so he could have more opportunities to direct. I, I wasn't as, it wasn't as clear to me. Um, I, I also was, you know, I, I was, I was interested in being a successful actor. Um, I think it was during the show and during that period, you know, Patty was really supportive of my directing early on. And I think she felt and recognized, you know, this is something that just seems, um, it just seems so much more natural. And, and I, I was very, I always, when I direct, um, I feel completely consumed by it and all in. And with acting, there was always a degree of self-consciousness for me. Uh, I never lost myself in acting the same way. And, yeah, as a consequence, um, you know, that sort of self-awareness and self-consciousness is, 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 it doesn't lend itself to the best kind of acting and it, it tends to tire you out as an actor as opposed to having that sense of real freedom. And so she was very encouraging. And I think over the course of a couple of years, I realized this is, I'm so much happier direct. Yeah. Um, so that it, it evolves. Well, I, and when you watch your career, you you know you look at the steps you've taken and the moves you made and the shows you've worked on. It is interesting to watch how the acting was pr pretty quickly. Actually, it felt like uh, was becoming much more minimum compared to the directing. Yeah, and I, I it was. I also I think um, you know acting became. Uh, I think I was just more. You know, I I. I I did it for a long time. I, you know, I, I certainly, it was more financially, uh, uh, it, it was more fruitful for me financially to act in, you know, television movies or some things, but, but, um, I was happier directing. Um, and it took a while, you know, till I, I got to that place where I could get the same kind of material and, you know, to direct, um, I, I ended up, you know, eventually, and I think Alias certainly was a big part of that when, you know, I, I got to direct stuff that was as good or better than anything that I could, you know, that I was getting as an actor. And I, I loved it. You know, I loved doing Alias and I, I loved doing it more than I ever loved uh, acting. I mean, I really loved doing that. I loved directing. And that just wasn't the same relationship to acting. I, I, I 
you know, it's funny now because most most people that I encounter, they they don't think of me as an actor. There's just right. no, you know, of course they're young, but but they, you know, I mean, I, I it's just I I really haven't been an actor for so long. Um, you know, they think it's funny. You know, if they find some picture of me as an actor, or they think it's funny. Right. But it's not recognizable to them. You know, all the, this cast just thinks that's a riot when they see pictures of me. Partially, I think, because I'm thin, you know, and I have that <laughs> hair cut, well, all that. But, you know, right. it's just, it's it's very funny. Like, my identity is so, it's uh, I just don't identify as an actor at all anymore. Right. You know, although the one thing about acting I do want to bring up, and then I, and I do want to ask you a couple of directing questions here. But the one thing about acting is that TV movie for Lifetime, Dead by Sunset. Oh yeah, that was cool. That was like one of the most disturbing performances <laughs> I think I've ever seen. I know, it really was. I know. I think of my wife felt when she saw it. She's like, "Man, what is going on?" But um, yeah, that was fun. I think you know what I really. I, I think what I found liberating about that, which is probably why it was so disturbing, was I got to. Um, I think I got to capitalize on a on an image uh, uh, that people might have had of me, uh, uh, you know, as Michael Stedman of this kind of husband. And I think it was so liberating for me to completely shatter that yeah. <laughs> deal with anger, you know. And I, I think, um, you know, like all the the, the 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 good guy, good boy, the good, you know, all the good the good boy thing, the straight jacket, I could just rip it off and it just go nuts. So, and that was fun. It was, that actually was fun. I had a good time uh, doing that. It was really crazy. And the guy was so nuts. Oh, yeah. But yes, that, that, that's funny that you bring that up. Cause that's one I look at and go, yeah, that was fun. I mean, I, I thought that was really sick. Didn't you have but, the kids uh, build their own coffins in the movie? Oh, I don't even remember, did I? I think oh, you did. I think you had the kids building their own coffins. It was so screwed up. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was so screwed up. It was based on a true story. I, I really do think that that was one of the things that was fun for me because I had some of those things as an actor that I never got to play. You know, playing Michael Stenman on the one hand, which was very autobiographical and, and, I, and you know, I, really close to that character and I loved that character and, you know, it changed my and all that, but there were aspects of that character that were very restraining. You know, I, I, he he didn't he didn't you know there wasn't some of the dynamics. You know, some of the fun of being a, an actor are playing those kinds of those kinds of things where you just you know you can go pretty far out there, and you know Michael Stendhal never went that far out there. So that that was fun. Absolutely. I can understand that, you know. Yeah. Now, now, you brought up Alias before, and that to me was another show like 30-something in its way that really changed things in a sense. I mean, it was the first mm. show that – I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I, I think that was what, – what was so cool about that was, um, you know, J.J. Uh, um, J.J.'s vision – J.J.'s sensibility, which – for whatever reason, I when I saw that pilot, it was one of the best pilots I've ever seen. I still think the Alias pilot's one of the best pilots ever. It, he had such a specific sensibility that he was bringing to it, which was such, which was the big commercial action movie that 
that had a comic book aspect, that had an emotional aspect, that had character, and that where the where there's such an unbridled imagination, but it was fueled by the energy of those big Michael Bay, Steven Spielberg movies at the time, and that was so unique. And and the ambition was so enormous for that show. Like what what you know, reading those scripts and going, but how in the world could you could you pull this off? Like this right. is impossible to do in any sort of a television thing. And we did it. We we figured out how to do it to the point where we were doing it. Just that was an extraordinary thing. And and it was also extraordinary for me to work closely with someone whose sensibilities were so they they had been informed by things like thirty something as you you know with their show Felicity, but but it was also JJ had such a he it was such a bold sort of filmmaker. He he loved those kinds of seminal uh, Spielberg movie moments, and and you know that was um, that informed the show, and that was completely different than anything I had done. I learned a lot from him in the editing room and I learned a lot about, okay, you, there's a certain way you approach this kind of filmmaking, you know, with 30 something. And then there's a way you approach this kind of filmmaking when you do something like alias and they're different. And he taught me a lot. And I think one of the things that was revolutionary about alias was that kind of, that kind of, um, bold, comic book, cinematic uh, sensibility could be done on television. And it wasn't, you know, there were aspects of it, and J.J. loved them. You know, J.J. loved Mission Impossible, and, you know, he, he loved Man from Uncle and those guest stars, you know, those kinds of things. But Alias was this hybrid of, of those things, you know, the, the Mission Impossible stuff and the, and the James Bond stuff. But it was also had character stuff. It also had sort of intimately observed moments of character, and that 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 was really unique. It, it again, you know, that was a show that expanded the vocabulary of television. And I imagine it was pretty freeing for you as a director. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was daunting. I mean, I you know, I'm, that was a while ago. I was younger. It was it was enormously difficult to do. We worked incredibly long hours uh, in the editing room. I mean, it, it, that show was really hard, you know, physically hard to do that. Um, but uh, it was, I mean, that was a great group of people um, and it was fun. You know, I mean, that was a great thing about Jennifer Garner. I mean, she, it was fun. The thing that always informed that show, which I love and which is, who JJ is, who I am, and who Jennifer Garner and Victor Garber, Ron Rift. I mean, it was we can this can never become self serious. We're this is fun, and that that was really that was cool. Yeah, and it was really fun. You know, obviously you've worked after Alias. You worked on a number of shows as director. You did a little acting here and there, but. Are you amazed at all, as I am, like, if we're really jumping forward in time here, to the impact that this is us? You sure know how to pick them, or they know how to pick you, one or the other. But uh, you jump ahead to This Is Us, and here's another show that's like, well. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, they sent me the pilot, um, 
to, to see if I was interested in being, um, you know, an executive producer director on it. And, you know, I went in and I, I, uh, I was sort of getting to a point of thinking maybe I wasn't going to work so hard and Patty and I were going to move back to New York. And, um, I, I went in my room, I watched Tyler and I came out and I said to Patty, I said, uh, that is really good. And she thought I was kidding. <laughs> she said, Here we go again. You're kidding. Right? I said, she had no idea what it was, but she hadn't heard me say that for so long. Like, just watch something, you know, a, a network pilot, and just, I said, I, this is fantastic. I, I, it, it's a, this was a great pilot. And and she just, she, you know, her manager, you're kidding. No, she hasn't said that for so long. I, I thought it was fantastic. And, I never thought I, I never thought that a show like this, you know, I've been told for so long, you know, when we did Brothers and Sisters, which, you know, that was a good show, um, the solid show, but you know, it was a it was manufactured in a certain way. There were a lot of different components that went into making that show. This show, this is us as this is Dan Fogelman's voice. This is a really it's you know, this is this is uh, this is an authentic um, expression of a really brilliant writer's um, sensibility, and and I never thought a show like this, like like Brothers and Sisters, or like Thirty Something, in in terms of just being fundamentally about people and their relationships, um, and trying to be better people, and a show about love and family and kindness and decency and those kinds of struggles. You know, I never thought that that could cause a sensation anymore for so long you know everybody always talked about well whatever concept you have it has to make noise it has to make noise. Uh, and and the shows that were it, it never I, I thought this could be successful I mean it's really good it's a great cast it's a it's I loved the writing I loved I just felt really good but it never seemed like oh this could be the number one show on television um and I but by the way you know three years ago whatever it it, it I, it wasn't clear the impact of what was happening sociopolitically in the country would, would demand something like this, would demand a, a kind of cathartic experience or a reminder of some of the things, you know, in our lives that are meaningful. I mean, all of those things, you know, all of that has to come into play along with having great writers and a great cast, you know, and, but then it does and you go, Wow, that was a surprise. You know, it just, I don't think any of us expected that, oh, this show is going to be this. Um, and, you know, there you go. I, that was, that's just, I just got very lucky. But, but what, now, as a director, though, what is it, is it allowing you to tap into areas that maybe you hadn't been able to tap into before? Or? Um, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, one of the things, you know, where I've been so lucky is I've worked with, I continue to work with writers who, you know, going from Ed and Marshall, who were in the first, to J.J. Abrams, and then with Dan Fogelman. I mean, these are relatively, you know, they're young writers who are really at the peak of some of their power. So, you know, as an older director, it's like, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm, I learned from them. And it keeps, you know, Dan's, sensibility his just his filmic sensibility editorially visually tonally is different you know it's different he's he's younger he's a he's the next generation of 
of, you know, and, and it's a form of personal filmmaking, but his sensibility is different. You know, there's a, um, uh, Bob Greenblatt who used to be the chairman of NBC said something about, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned by the elasticity of this concept, you know, and that's a great way of putting it. Like, that's the thing I think that, you know, the elasticity of this concept, I don't think we could have anticipated the scope that that has allowed us. That's really different. You know, for me, um, it's, yeah, it's different. I, some of the things I'm able to bring to it in terms of, um, directing actors, um, my sensibility in terms of story and things. Yeah, that's, that's very much, you know, I have a lot of experience with that and a pretty extensive vocabulary, but there are other things tonally and stuff that I'm learning about, which is the way that someone of dance generation sees the world and experiences the world now. And there's some of it is a simplicity. Some of it is removing some of the artifice. Some of, I don't know, there's an immediacy to it. Um, there's a, there's a, and then there's certain things that are shared, you know, I, you know, I'm very lucky. There's a certain level of, of taste, you know, we, we share the same taste and that, you know, that's always going to be part of it. You know, if you succeed in a collaboration, it's because somewhere you share the same taste. Um, but like some of the scope and some of the details, um, you know, it, of what we do is, is really different. Um, so yeah, those things come in, into, into play. It's sort of a, I guess, a combination of bringing um, whatever experience I have to something and also being open to learning, um, and understanding somebody else's experiences and sensibility. Right. You know, you brought up the elasticity of, of the, uh, of the show. There was an episode recently, unless I'm misremembering it, but I'm pretty sure it was a flashback. And then within the flashback, we got a flashback. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> we were laughing about that. And I, was it, I'm not sure if that was the first one of the season. Yeah. There was some where you go, wait a minute. Wait. Now it's where it's just hard to keep track of. <laughs> yeah. Like we're flashing back in the flashback or something, you know, or wait, did we just flash forward in the flashback? But it's not as far forward as the present. I mean, <laughs> Believe me, when we sit in our meetings, this is by far, and I'm working with, you know, uh, producers that have done some really big things. None of us have ever worked on a show this complicated. Yeah. Which is amazing. It's, it is, because of the details. It's, it's, it's how detailed it is. And an amazing cast. I mean, seriously, there's not a weak cast member here, it seems. No, it's a great cast, and they're great people. And I can't always say that. As much as I've loved, a, a lot of different projects I've never worked with top to bottom. It's an incredibly wonderful group of people. It's a great group of people. And that, I think you feel that. And that's something that transcends the, you know, just the medium as you go, something feels really good about being with these people. And I think it's because they're just really, really good people, good human beings, all of them talented and smart and, professional and committed and kind and generous and they're fantastic yeah you're a little enthusiastic i think uh but you know is it uh, you know uh, yeah no absolutely but but you know you brought up an older director as you called yourself before is it unusual these days for someone to be as busy on especially on hit shows as you are or is that the norm with directors 
no, I don't know that it's the norm. I, I, I mean, in terms of, you mean people, I mean, my age yeah. or, or just in general. And just working consistently, really, for decades. I mean, that seems well, rare and rare. That, I think that's, that's not, that's, I'm really fortunate. I don't think that's usual. I think, you know, uh, I, I've just been really fortunate. I think part of it is because I've gotten really lucky to work with the writers I've worked with. But I also think, you know, I, it's probably, um, I've just, I've been so lucky because I've learned so many different things. You know, I, I've just worked with different people and been really, really fortunate to work with these writers, these young writers who they come in it, like with J.J. Abrams and Dan Fogelman. I mean, that's like, wow. I mean, these guys are really, really talented. And they're, you know, in their, you know, mid-30s, late-30s, early-40s. I mean, that, that's like the peak of some people's creative powers. And they're just, so to come in and be able to work with them, you know, that's, I just, I have gotten, you know, I get got on a really, some really great uh, rides. I mean, so, you know, I just got lucky that way. Um, so Fair enough. You know, Patty wants you to go to New York. You wanted to go to New York. <laughs> Is that the plan at some point? Are you planning on, or do you? I don't know. Okay. You know what? Maybe it depends. I mean, uh, I work really closely with. Uh, I work really closely with my daughter, uh, Roxy, who works with me on the show. And actually, that's another thing that's really helped. You know, sustain my career is that my daughter's. Uh, you know, in her early thirties, she has a very. You know, she's. Uh, you know, she's becoming a director and her sensibility is, you know, it keeps me very present. Um, it requires a lot of energy. A lot of directors get burned out. And I have this partner with my daughter who is not intimidated by me or friend and she'll just get right in there. And she has a, you know, she's, she pays attention to certain things and motivates me to keep, you know, go in and see this or sees things a different way or that kind of immediacy. So I don't know that I want to, move away from her um just uh way that meeting uh five minutes um you know that's that's a big part so i don't know if i move back to new york then that would be the end of that um <laughs> uh, i like to stay you know stay close to her um that's really important for my work um and then we you know with this show i, I think this show's going to run for a while and i i want to stay with it so and in New York was something, you know, for a long time, I think we felt like, oh, that's, we'll go back there. And, you know, I don't know that that's really, I, this has been our home for so long. So I, I don't know that we'll ever really do that permanently. But you know, at the end, there was a time where it seemed like a good idea. Not, maybe not so much now. Uh, but no, not so much not now. So, much. so you're so busy directing. I guess you're going to dash all those hopes for, you know, in this age of reboots and everything and sequels and prequels and everything else. So we're not getting a show called 60-something? You know what? I, I, you know, if Ed and Marshall came and they wanted to do sixty uh, something, uh, um, you know, there's a few of us they'd have to try to get to. I, I, you know, I don't know how much of a desire there is to do it. And frankly, I really, do people really, you know, I don't know, people really want to see a bunch of sixty year olds. But, um, but I, listen, I, it would be fun or funny maybe to do it. I, I you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm definitely not going to give up this job uh, to do that. I mean. That's that's never going to happen. I'm not going to leave this is us because this was them. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, but 
that'd be funny, but you know what? I don't think Ed Marshall has any desire to do that. Sure. So, you know, that's on them. What I found funnier, though, was watching you just now sort of arm wrestle yourself. Because when you started to respond, your response was, well, you know, if Ed and Marshall came to me, and by the time you were done, it's like, eh, I don't think anybody wants to do it. <laughs> no, that's true, right? No, that, you're right. That's exactly right. That's my entire relationship with acting, right? <laughs> that sums it up. Ken, thank you for taking the time. Oh, thank you. Really nice talking to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. That was Ken, This Is Us, and You're You. Please let us know what you think of this podcast and subscribe. Speak to you next time on CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast.